the Love Life Church podcast and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Journey of maturity, journey to maturity. Yes, that sounds amazing. Are you enjoying the journey? I hope you're enjoying the journey. You better enjoy the journey because it is a long journey. And it, the best thing that we can do is enjoy it. I'm going to read you a scripture, and then I'm going to tell you what we're going to be talking tonight. Ephesians 4, verse 12 to 15. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And um, I may paraphrase some, some of the scripture, okay, because I do not want to read everything. So at the beginning, it's saying that, even the, the context of the scripture, it says that, that God has give, given... Uh, people to, to the body of Christ, the, the pastors, the prophets, the teachers, and that the purpose is that we all get trained, we all get um, instructed in how to serve God, and then it mentions some goals. Verse 13, it says that one of the goal, goals is that we will continue, so this talks about a journey, right? It's not going to happen one day or one morning. We're going to continue. We're going to continue until, until we all come to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge. So it says that, that we're going to be growing. As long as we're on, on earth, we're going to be growing to have unity in the faith. Thank God it doesn't say unity in opinions or in, in likeness because you, you can like one style. I can like another style. You can like one food. I can like another type of food. It's all good as long as we're united in the faith. One Lord, one Savior, one baptism, one, uh, one church, yes? Okay. And then it says that, that we need to continue in the knowledge of Christ. So that is also something that, that it's not going to happen automatically. It's not going to happen by accident. It's going to be part of the journey that we're going to continue knowing uh, God's Son. And then it says the goal. The goal is to be mature in the Lord. And how do we measure that maturity? It says that we have to come to the full and completeness um, standard of Christ. So Christ is our standard. I remember my, my kids, they still do it, but um, every birthday actually they do it. We measure their height. And, and Matthew, uh, he, he wanted to see if he's uh, close to Daniel, if he's passing Daniel at that age. So, so there's like a standard. In my house, there's this uh, wall where it has lines. I don't know if this is embarrassing. A, a little bit to me sometimes. Pastor, he's so proud of that. He's like, that wall is never painted. That wall is going to stay there forever. Because it has all the signs of their, their growth, like every year. It even has our doggy when she was little. Everybody's is there. So now there's a standard. Like Daniel's is, you know, the standard actually Pastors is the standard, and Daniel checks to see if he's getting close to the standard. So that's the measurement. In our lives, Christ is the standard. And when we come and see if we're growing, if we're maturing, we're trying to see, am, am I getting close to, to Christ's uh, stature? Verse 14, it says, 
then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. Again, it shows the goal. Growing in every way more and more like Christ. So how do we measure maturity? How do I know I'm growing? I, I am maturing. Am I looking more like Christ? Am I thinking more like Christ? Am I speaking more like Christ? Am I serving more like Christ? Do I look more like Christ? So, so Christ is our standard, right? He's, uh, he's our vision board. That's, that's, that's what all that we're attaining. That everything we do is to be more like Christ. But if you notice in verse 14, it talks about that while we get to that level of maturity, we are vulnerable as children to be deceived, to be distracted, to, to, uh, to waver. And it says that sometimes we can be vulnerable by other people's um, teachings. And it's talking about false doctrine. It's talking about people that try to deceive. And, and it says that, that when, we, when we start to waver in, in our journey of maturity, we look like, uh, like people that are tossed like, like the waves. I'm not sure if you have been tossed in the ocean, if the, oh, if the waves have ever taken you, uh, knocked you over. Okay, I, I have a few memories of being in the ocean. Uh, one is when I was little. I, I was probably like, like around 10, I, I'm going to say, and we're in a family trip. There's uncles, there are cousins. We're all in, in the shore. It's, you're not even very deep. And, and we're playing with the waves. There's an, an, a grandma. It's, it wasn't my grandma. It's my cousin's grandma. We're all there. And then it comes this big old wave. And everybody got tossed. It's like you, you got kicked. You didn't even know what was happening. Just bodies all around you. And when we came out, we were all cracking up. I mean, we were laughing. It was the funniest thing. Grandma lost her, her denture. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> um, hopefully, you know, most people came out, came up with, with, uh, with your swimsuit in place, okay? So it, it, it can be messy. It can be dangerous. Uh, th those cakes w didn't feel good, but, but it was fun. And then I have another... Uh, another memory with, with my sisters, but it, it, it's just fun, like, like fun time. But in real life, being tossed and being deceived, that, that is not fun. Actually, in the Bible, it sounds like a warning. This is not for, for, for fun. This is not uh, for your vacation and in your Christian life. No, th this is a warning that the scripture, it, it's letting us know to pay attention because as we mature, as we get to know more about Christ, as we get to come in the unity of the faith, we are vulnerable to, to being tossed, to, be, to waver. And tonight, I want to talk about how do we identify when we're wavering and what to do when we're wavering and why do we even waver? Does that sound like, 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 a, like a plan for tonight? Okay. 
Um, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to try to to cover most of the stuff because I do not want to to leave you just with half of information. <laughs> um, but first of all, it is natural to fluctuate. It, it is it is of humans to, to have questions, to have doubts. Even yes, we're going to be talking about doubting. It, it is natural to have some doubts. It, it is human. Now, it's not ideal, it's, it's a hindrance in our walk of faith, but we, we better admit it, we're going to have doubts. If, maybe you're already having them, maybe you just dealt with some, some doubts. So, doubting, it's normal, okay? We're, we're going to just um, get real and, and just admit that we're all going to be doubting one or, or sometimes in our Christian journey, or we maybe you already did, or maybe um, you, you don't even know that you are and, 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 and you're doubting. Something that I don't like about me when it has to do with being double-minded or doubting, it's kind of like when I go shopping. And, and, you, and you have two options, and you're like, oh, man, which one do I get? Do I get this color? Do I get the other color? Oh, I don't know. And then you finally decide get one go home, and then you're like, oh, I should have got the other one. And you're like, stop it. Stop being double-minded. Or, or I'm going to eat this, and then you eat it, and you're like, oh, I shouldn't eat it. I should have ate that instead. And you're like, oh, my gosh. Th that's something that I know of myself. I do not like that about myself. When it has to do with shopping, I figure out sometimes if, if um, returns are easy to do, just buy both and then return the other one, hopefully, <laughs> once that you decide which one was the best. So, in our Christian walk, it's important to learn to identify and learn to confront doubts in our lives. Because if we do not confront them, they are going to confront us. So, we need to get the upper hand, okay? And, and again, it is, it is normal. So, there, there are different types of doubts. Um, I have four categories right here in, in my notes. If there's more, probably um, let me know later, and I can add them to my notes. There's the sincere doubts. You, you really just, just want to know, or, or you're trying to get some, some answers to your questions. And then there's the skeptical doubt, where you already made your mind that you're not going to believe it, but you're still trying to, to reason with people. So um, be, being skeptical, it's the attitude that you're not going to believe, no matter if they prove you with a whole book, uh, uh, facts, scientific. If you already decide you're not going to believe, then you're not going to believe. So, so there, there's this mindset of being skeptical or being sincere, and I, I really have questions I really want to know. There, there are authentic uh, doubts, and then there are antagonistic doubts, where you just want to argue, where, where you just want to, um, just to, to go against what they're telling you. Um, ultimately, believing it's a choice. Believing it's a choice. You can believe something. There's, there's a very, very um, uh, an example that maybe some of you can relate. What about when, when all the pointers, all the flags are like, this is not a good friend. It's not a flag, 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 and you choose to. No. 
I'm going to be his friend. I'm going to be her friend. And, and they're going to change for me. Okay, so it doesn't matter the facts, right? You already chose what you want to believe. So, so th th there's a, believing is a choice, okay? Always remember, believing is a choice. It doesn't matter the facts. You choose if you want to believe or not. Causes that can generate doubt in our lives. The first one, the one that I've seen more in experience, and even with myself, it's suffering. Suffering or disappointment. When, you, when you're dealing with any type of suffering, any type of disappointment, it's very easy to doubt about your faith, to doubt the goodness of God, to doubt if you're in God's will or not. It's very easy. Uh, we become very vulnerable to, to doubt when we experience some type of suffering or disappointment in our lives. Have, have you been there where you're like, ah, oh, am I doing right? What's wrong, God? Why you're not responding, God? What's happening? So suffering, it's, it's one cause that can generate a, a doubts in our lives. Another one is unconfessed sin or unacknowledged sin. And this is when, when um, we want to do something that we know that we shouldn't, but we really want to do it. So we start questioning God's principles and God's values, and we're, we're like, um, maybe it doesn't mean what, what, what it really means. Maybe there's a way out, maybe. And, and, and when we want to, to go against what we know it's biblical, you're going to start doubting out of convenience, like, oh, I'm not sure, did God really say so, that? So, so un unconfessing, like, okay, just be honest and recognize that you want to sin and God's word is coming, it's getting in your way. So, um, th that's an another cause of doubt. Another um, cause of doubt, it's just weird stuff or unbelievable, <laughs> stuff that is kind of like hard to believe. Like, um, have you ever read in the Bible that there's, there was a time, kind of like Narnia-ish <laughs> moment, where a donkey speaks, and you're like, what? Like, like, that is so weird. Okay, so in the Bible, you are going to find a lot of stuff that is just weird, just like in life. I mean, there's a lot of weird things in life, but the fact that they're weird doesn't mean that they're not real or they don't exist, or for example, just the fact that the sun is hanging right now out there in space. Is that weird? Is that strange? Do you understand what's happening? But is it true? Is it a fact? Yeah, okay. So sometimes we're like, oh, I cannot understand. That's hard to believe, I'm going to doubt. No, there's a lot of things that you don't understand. How about we're standing and then the people in the South Pole, they're standing, but they're, to us, they're upside down. And, and it, it's, like, it's like, how, why? Okay, so there are weird things in life. We're not going to understand it. That can cause a, a, a doubt in your life, or you can just get over that there are weird things in our lives that we don't understand. Um, another cause of doubt it's false expectations. If you have some type of false expectations, 
that they are not biblically based, you are going to be very uh, susceptible to doubt. I remember in my life, I used to um, witness, I, I became Christian very young, and then immediately I started uh, to witness to other people. I wanted everybody to receive Jesus. And, and it was almost like, like a salesman or saleswoman. And like, like if somebody was giving me a commission to see how many people I, I went for Christ, I mean, I, I was like, like in a role, like any stranger that crossed my path, I would witness and, and try to convince him. The problem is that in order for them to say yes to Jesus, I kind of start to promise things that not even the Bible promised them. I was like, yeah, you receive Jesus and your life is going to be all pink color and, and everything's going to be perfect. And, and of course, I repented and I believe God already forgave me because not even the Bible promised that. The Bible even says that if we're going to believe in Jesus, we may suffer some persecution and and. We're going to have troubles, but, but I was like, no, this is going to change your life. And it does change your life, but it doesn't promise you everything is going to be pink and butterflies and unicorns. So if you have false expectations, then you are going to be susceptible to doubts. Types of doubters. Now, this is for us to recognize, to be aware, and, and for to be equipped because, again, we're in a journey. This journey is going to last. We want it to last, right? Are you, are you in a rush to, to end your journey? No. Okay, so, so we better be equipped. We better prepare for the long run, and we better be, uh, be knowledgeable about the stuff that can come in our journey trying to, to take us out of the journey. Okay, so types of doubters. There are people that doubt in different ways and, and with different motives. There's the intellectual doubter. And these are analytic people that they just want facts. Like sometimes I, I get, uh, in, in not necessarily doubting, but I can get it so many rabbit trails when I'm studying something, like I can start reading the Gospels, and it says, like, uh, it, it, the emperor was blah, 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 and then I'm like, who's that emperor? What age was that? And I go to the history book, and, and oh, okay, and what's the descendants? And then next, I'm, I'm studying geography, and, and this, and I totally forgot that I was reading the Gospels. So, it's just I, just, I just want facts. I just want details. Okay, so this, uh, this type of doubters, they want to understand. They need facts for something. If, you, uh, if they want to know about God's presence, they, they want to know, like, like scientifically, how, how can you prove the existence of God? And, and th there are so many theories. Th there's so many scientific facts. It, it's so interesting. But um, they just want to know. Then there's the emotional doubters. And these are people that, um, if, if they're doubting, it's mainly, probably, because they are hurt or disappointed, as we mentioned it before. So these people, they don't need facts. What these people need, it's comfort. They need presence. They need community. If somebody says, I'm, I'm doubting the presence of God. 
I'm not going to bring them a book that talks about the existence of, of God and the facts and the, and the scientific points, because that's not what they need. These people need the presence, the comfort, the community, the love. So there's intellectual doubters and there are emotional doubters. And then there are, they are the rebellious doubters. And this is um, when, again, when the standards of God's word are getting in your way to do your own way. And then it's very convenient to start questioning or doubting God's, God's word. And this is just out of your, your own desires. And, um, you know, if, if you're in that situation, I believe that we all can be doubters in all those situations. Sometimes you just want facts. Sometimes you're just disappointed, tired emotionally. And sometimes you just want to do something and, and, and you're trying to find a shortcut to, to be able to do it without getting in trouble. So th this has to do with, with our own will. Now, once that we know a little bit about different types of doubts and, and different types of doubters, it is, uh, to me, sometimes it's more important to know why I am, uh, why am I doubting or why is somebody doubting? The why, to me, it's more important than the what. I don't really care first what you're doubting. I want to know why are you doubting? Because the why is going to help you to identify, okay, is the doubt that you are dealing with has to do with you just need facts or, or did you uh, experience something that caused you doubt or maybe you're just trying to, to find your, your own way to do your own will. Do you understand what I'm saying? So before, if, if, if you recognize like, okay, I have some doubts in my heart or I've been struggling with, with some doubts about, uh, about my decisions, about uh, my relationship with God, any type of doubts when it has to do with, with your uh, journey in, in faith, just ask yourself, be honest and ask yourself, why am I doubting this? And before you try to answer the doubt, just try to identify the motive. Try to identify the motive. Uh, for example, with the people that are re the rebellious ones, there are some people that they, they try to bring an argument and, and, and this is the reason why I don't believe. And, and they, they throw a lot of questions and if you, if you would tell to some of these people, okay, let's suppose that I give you all the answers to all your questions. Would you live for Christ? Would you give your life to Jesus? And some of these people are going to be honest and they're going to be, no, no. Because what they are seeking is not really answers. What they are seeking is to keep their lifestyle or, or, or to keep their, their own will. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. So understanding or identifying the why of the doubt, it's, it's more important to me than the actual doubt. Now, I have some encouraging points for you if this sounds like 
whoa, this is a little heavy. I didn't expect this. This is not what I came to church today. Okay, so be encouraged, okay? Some, uh, some, some facts about doubt. Number one, God is not surprised by our doubt. Yay! So God is not disappointed. God is not surprised. He, he made your mind, he made your brain to want to reason. Our minds, our brains want to reason, want to seek answers, want to, to, know, to know the truth. Okay, so, so it, it's good, it's normal. Number two, Doubting is not the opposite of faith, okay? You can believe so many things and doubt certain areas, but your doubt does not cancel your faith. Praise God, hallelujah. So, um, so in, in James 2.23, there's the scripture that talks about Abraham. And it says that Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. And he was even called a friend of God. Now, if you read the story of Abraham in Genesis, you're going to see that Abraham doubted plenty of times God's promises. God told him, Abraham, I am going to be your shield, your reward. I am going to bless you. I'm going to prosper you. And then we see Abraham goes and tries to find his own way in Egypt, even tries to, to uh, get rid of his wife to protect his own life. And you're like, he's doubting. But he was called friend of God, and God counted him as faithful. You're like, what? So your doubt does not disqualify your faith, does not cancel your faith. Praise God. You can still have your relationship with God, even if you're doubting certain areas, certain promises of him. Then um, in, uh, another point is that doubting does not define your identity or your value. So do not feel like a loser. <laughs> do not feel like you're a failure. Do not feel like, like um, something's wrong with you, what's wrong with, with your integrity, with your character, if you have some doubts. And, and right here, I have an example that when I was studying this, when I was reading, I was like blown away. I was like, wow, this is amazing. So. Um, our example in, in this point, that your doubt does not define who you are, has to do with John the Baptist. If you know a little bit about John the Baptist, John the Baptist, it wasn't, Baptist wasn't his last name, and it was, his, it was not his denomination, okay? He didn't go to a Baptist church. John, it was a, a, a guy that started to baptize in people, and then people called him John the Baptist. Just like on Sunday when we do baptism, it's going to be, Tim the Baptist, and then uh, I don't know who else the Baptist. Okay, so John the Baptist, he is, um, it, it's a long story. I'm not going to tell you all the facts about him, but uh, at certain point in Jesus' ministry, he comes to the story, and he, he gets to baptize Jesus. And you can read that in Matthew 3, verse 16 to 17. And it says that, that when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, the heavens were open, and there was a manifestation where, where the voice of God was, uh, sound, was heard by some people, not everybody. And they heard that he was saying that of Jesus, this is my beloved son, I am well pleased. And then the Bible says that 
like a dove descended and stand upon Jesus as a representation of, of the Holy Spirit. I don't know how literally or symbolic was this experience, but, but it happened like that. That's how the Bible describes it. Then in, uh, in John 1, verse 23 to 34, <laughs> I'm not going to read all those scriptures, but... Um, John is, is uh, surrounded with, with some people, and they come and ask, and ask them, so, so who are you, John? If you're not the Messiah, are, are you Elijah? And he says, I am just a prophet. I am just a prophet that came to prepare the way for Jesus. And um, in verse 29, uh, John says, hey, there, there's Jesus. That's, uh, that's the Messiah. That's the one I, I came to, to talk about. Uh, and then it says, um, the, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Verse 32, then John testified, pay attention. It says, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. So John got to see this manifestation of, of heaven when Jesus was baptized. He says, I saw it. And I didn't know who he was, that, that I didn't know he was the one. But when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, John is testifying that God told him, the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will be baptizing with the Holy Spirit. Verse 34, it says, I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. So here's John the Baptist, okay? He got, he got to see this uh, supernatural manifestation. He didn't just saw it. He heard God's voice saying, when you see that manifestation, you know that that is the Christ. Got it? John, got it. Okay, so I testify. That's the one. What happened later? Uh, if you know a little bit of the story, because of his witness, because he was preaching about righteousness, John gets in trouble with, uh, in the political area, and get, he, he gets captured by, by the emperor and then, or, or by the government of, of that area, and he is condemned to death. He's going to, be, uh, he, he's going to die. And John, now he's in prison, uh, now, this story is it's in Matthew 11. Matthew 11. So, so now John is in prison, and, and he, he, he's a little disappointed, and, and he knows he's going to die. And things don't, don't, they don't look like they're supposed to look, like, hey, I, I'm doing the will of God, what's happening? So how many of you know that John had an opportunity to start doubting. He had an opportunity to get disappointed. He had an opportunity to, to, to be discouraged. So what does uh, John do? Did. So he goes and sends his disciples to talk to Jesus. And he's like, hey guys, I need you to do me a favor. Go to Jesus and ask him if he is the one. And you're like, what? John, no, no, no. You already know he's the one. You saw it. You heard. But now he's doubting. And in, in Matthew 11, verse 9, um, no, no, verse no, 9, no. But, 
Verse 2, John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about all the things that the Messiah was doing. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the Messiah we're expecting? And you're like, wow, it can happen to the best of us. It doesn't matter if you saw a manifestation, if you saw a miracle, we all can be vulnerable to doubt, yes? Doubting, it, it's normal, but now that we know, we can prepare, we can equip, so th the doubt doesn't take us out of the journey, but on the contrary, we learn to overcome it. We learn to confront that doubt. So, um, the, the disciples come and ask Jesus, and then Jesus, it's like John and, and Jesus spoke Isaiah code, like they, they just speak like Isaiah scriptures and they understood what they were saying among them. It, it was like their code. So Jesus answers them with, with a prophecy from Isaiah and the disciples leave. And when they leave, uh, John's disciples leave, Jesus starts speaking about John. And you would expect Jesus to say, that John, I can't believe he's doubting now. Like, like, what's wrong with him? Didn't he see? Didn't he hear? No, on the contrary, in, in verse 9, Jesus starts talking about, about John, and it says, were you looking for a prophet? Well, I'm, I'm telling you that more than a prophet is John. And John, he compares him with, with Elisha, and, he, and, and Jesus just started speaking well about, about John and speaking compliments and saying that he that there's no other like John. And to me, that there is so much comfort to know that even if I doubt, that does not define my identity. It didn't define John's identity. John stay the biggest of all the prophets, the, the this man of righteousness. And, and to me, that, that is so beautiful to know that you can doubt. You can even doubt big, embarrassing, where everybody knows it. And yet, your doubt does not define your identity. Your doubt does not define your value. Your doubt does not define how God sees you. Amen? So th this is, uh, again, very, very encouraging. Um, another point is that your doubts can bring you to a stronger faith. So let's don't waste our doubts. When, when, when you're seeing yourself wavering, being tossed, uh, uh, what, what does the Bible say? Tossed to and fro. Um, don't, let's don't waste those, those wavers. Let, let's, let's use those times, that opportunity, because you're going to deal with the, with the experience anyway. So we better make it work for our good, yes? So let's identify, and, and again, the first thing that we need to do is to be very honest with ourselves and find out, why am I wavering? What's, what's causing me to doubt? Is it an experience? We need to learn to separate the experience from the doubt. And, and if you had a bad experience with somebody at church, with something that you heard, with a, a misunderstanding, do not, do not equal your doubt with the experience. The experience is one thing, and that is going to help you to, to overcome the doubt. Um, and another way that we, conf we can confront the doubt is, it, it, it's do the work. If your doubt is intellectual, if you need facts, 
then be willing to do the work. Be willing to, to do some reading, uh, to, to do some researching. Sometimes we have this doubt and we want somebody to explain to us and we want to go to sleep and the next morning, oh, my doubt is gone. No, if you really have some questions and if you're honest and really want some answers, God can get you all the answers that you need. But you need to be willing to do the work, to spend some time studying, to sit with somebody, to admit, to, to ask for some help, ask, uh, ask, for, uh, ask for guidance. So you need to be willing to, to do the homework. Uh, find out if your doubts are even valid. Because sometimes you can be doubting something that it's not even real. Like, like I've heard one time somebody saying, I cannot believe in a God that sends people to hell because, uh, for not reading the Bible and not praying. And I'm like, you know what? I know you're doubting that, but that is not even a valid, a valid doubt because God doesn't, doesn't send anybody to help because of that. So sometimes you're doubting something that is not even valid. It's not even a, a reason to doubt. So make sure your doubts are, are valid. And, um, and then identify just other alternatives. Like, okay, you have this doubt. What are the alternatives to, the, to this doubt? And something, um, we, we won't have time to, to study this, uh, this character, but it's Thomas, and, and Thomas the doubter, okay? Most of us know it. But one thing that we can learn from his doubt is that he stay. And, and this is something that we can do also to confront our doubts. In the midst of the doubt, do, do not go away, do, do not uh, get cold, do, do not try to separate, to isolate. Stay with the crowd, stay with the crowd, stay with your group, stay with your friends. And, and, and I'm speaking about the, the community of faith. Stay, because eventually your doubt is going to be reassure or, or your doubt is it's going to it's going to be solved with, with the reassurance of God's truth like Thomas uh, he he missed the first uh, appearance of Jesus resurrected I cannot believe what he what he felt I would be like <laughs> like that would be the worst thing imagine Jesus comes appears to all the disciples and he was in the bathroom and he missed it it's like ah, <laughs> like I would be so jealous of them I, I would be like I, 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 can, I can handle, see you, you know, like you guys are crazy. This is not happening. Now, Thomas didn't doubt Jesus, didn't doubt his, his lordship. Thomas just doubted the fact of the resurrection because he didn't see it. But it was very important that he knew about it because that's what he's going to go and send, uh, be, be sent to, to preach. So um, Jesus gives him another chance. And the, but how come Thomas was able to, to confront his doubt and, and even to, to crush that doubt with, with Jesus' appearance? Because he stayed. He stayed. He came back. He came back. Even though he was jealous of the other disciples, that's my, my assumption. Even though he was mad with himself, he, he remained. He remained. So remain in the group, remain with the family, and, and God will... He, he will make sure your questions are answered. There has been some 
doubts that I've had like for many years or some questions, sometimes not necessarily, not all questions are doubts, but there's, there has been some questions that I had like for many years. And then you just put them, you know, on the trunk and you keep the journey because sometimes you're not like the movie, you can't handle it. <laughs> like sometimes we're just not mature to know or to understand. So all those questions, just put them on the trunk and continue the journey, okay? And then, like 10 years later, one day, I'm, I'm sitting on a message, and a question that I had like, like 10 years before, it just came and, and like, like the understanding was just brought to the front in my eyes, in the Bible, and I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you, Jesus. So some of those doubts or questions, it's going to take time for you to understand, for you to be ready, or for whatever is necessary to happen. So just be patient, but remain. Remain, stay. If you need help, ask for help. The Bible says that we need to be honest, we speak the truth and love. Hey, I need some help. I'm, I'm doubting. Why are you doubting? Are you mad? Are you offended? Or do you need answers? Or are you trying to, to do your own will? Okay, let's just be honest. Let's be honest with other people. Let's help each other continue on this journey of maturity, this journey of faith, as we keep growing and growing, becoming more like Christ. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.